Christy Bilbrey. Right after college, I started my career in the Senate press office and then the White House. For the next seven years, I worked in corporate marketing before starting my own business. As soon as I did, the one thing I realized that none of those experiences taught me was how to market myself. Promoting yourself can mess with your head. Discovering brand storytelling and learning how to put it to work in my messaging saved my business. Once I learned this, I started teaching other business owners how to put it to work in their business as well. I created the Business That Story Built podcast to help strengthen the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. Audiences crave the human side of businesses. They want to get to know you, follow you, and interact with you outside of the buying experience. This can be intimidating to say the least. If you're ready to take your mindset and your messaging to the next level, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Thanks so much for joining. We are continuing our thought leader series, and today we're focusing on how to show up as a thought leader on LinkedIn to grow your business. And we're joined by LinkedIn expert, Melissa Hennault. While experiencing burnout in corporate as a leader in a Fortune 500, Melissa took her leadership and organizational skills online and started building an e-commerce business in the pockets of her time, leveraging LinkedIn. Her traction marketing and recruitment strategies allowed her to match her corporate income in less than two years and retired her from corporate at the age of 35. This allowed her to break free from her burnout lifestyle and begin living all out. From there, she launched a LinkedIn coaching business where she taught other online entrepreneurs how to do the same. Melissa now runs and operates a multifaceted seven-figure coaching brand that includes teaching online entrepreneurs, mastering LinkedIn to generate leads and grow their businesses. She leads the Burnout to All Out Mastermind, as well as the LinkedIn Method Agency. Melissa has helped hundreds of business owners break through their plateaus in recruitment to 10x their businesses on LinkedIn. She also continues to up-level her mastermind clients' personal brands, systems, and leadership skills to elevate their income. This mom of three is on a mission to help more professionals go from burnout life to living all out through her products and services. And you can find out more about her and what she does at livethefreelife.co. Melissa, thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, so excited to be here. Yeah, we um, tell us a little bit about outside of the bio, who you are and a little bit about what you're up to. Yeah, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I'm just like anyone else, really. I'm just a busy mom <laughs> trying to keep it all together. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, mom of three, live out here in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, experienced the pandemic just like everyone else. I think that many had a choice to, uh, you know, sink or swim when, uh, things kind of dramatically changed. And, um, I was fortunate that it was a time in which, um, I'd already leveraged LinkedIn and it worked really well for me with my first business. And, um, I'd already started playing with the idea of teaching other people, the methodology that worked for me to teach them how to, to, um, do it as well. And when COVID hit in March of whatever it was, 2020, yeah, um, 
Wow. I mean, activity on the platform and number of people interested in on online entrepreneurship just went through the roof, um, which created an incredible opportunity for us to really teach more and more entrepreneurs how they could leverage and build their businesses virtually in the most happening, busy space in the online space for business to business. So it was just kind of a aligning of stars that kind of just happened at the right time, you know? Yeah. So now a lot of, a lot of platforms were growing by leaps and bounds during that time. So what was it that drew you to LinkedIn specifically? Yeah. So, you know, I've been drawn to LinkedIn since way before pandemic, but we'll talk about how pandemic created like the perfect storm. But prior to that, um, I was a corporate professional. I've got a doctorate in pharmacy, a master's in clinical research, and I kind of grew up on LinkedIn. Um, and so when I was looking at leaving corporate and I was looking for an exit strategy, cause I realized I'd climbed the wrong mountain that mm. I always wanted to be a CEO, but didn't realize the sacrifice at life and home and all the things in order to get into that, get into that level. Um, I had two kids, I had two kids in diapers and I was gone most days of the week on an airplane as a medical director in the pharmaceutical industry. And realized that like, I didn't want the life that I'd created, like on the outside, people would think I had everything, especially the role I had was like the coveted role of pharmacist, right? It was a very sexy corporate role. Um, but on the inside, I was dying inside, like my light, my quality of life, my relationships, like my mom was raising my kids. And, um, Mm. so I got to building an e-commerce business on the internet. And I realized that my people and the networks that I social circles, I ran around with were actually on LinkedIn, that the people who were so busy getting things done, they didn't have a whole lot of time to numbless, like numb. What is that? Mindlessly scroll on Facebook and Instagram. And I was looking for heavy hitters and professionals who Mm -hmm. had huge goals, who wanted to run with me. And so I, um, I pivoted to LinkedIn while everyone else in the online space who had anything to sell was on Facebook and Instagram. I just said, I'm going to go study LinkedIn and I'm going to learn this and I'm going to commit to it for 365 days. What I learned as I studied it is that there was nothing out there to teach attraction marketing. The only training on LinkedIn, probably to this day, except for my program is the tactical stuff around like getting a job, like how Mm -hmm. to upload your resume, like it's all employee-based business. Whereas I saw LinkedIn is this Pandora's box of of a community of people that you could market to that was, um, virgin in the sense that like they weren't being marketed to in an authentic way. We'll talk about that, but they, they, they weren't being saturated by all the sales and marketing that goes on, on Instagram and Facebook. And the key was, how can I bring value to this network? How can I come across as an authority to this network and be seen and monetize it? And that's, they, they were, there was nothing being trained um, in the LinkedIn world when I kind of came up with this concept that was already kind of working for me in my e-commerce business. So I learned as much as I could. And then I just had to do it myself. I had to just build my own strategy and curriculum that was innately working for me, that it allowed me to scale a multiple six-figure business. And um, then went to work teaching other people how to do it. Um, To this day, teaching people how to generate leads in an authentic human connection way 
where people are coming to you because of the value you put out, because you're coming across as the authority and the thought leader in your space, that people are attracted to you, which is very different than kind of the chasing down over on Facebook and Instagram, you know? Yes. I'm, I'm very excited to, to unpack this because this is exactly what everybody who is now saying, waking up to LinkedIn, like you did a couple of years ago and saying, okay, wait a minute, this is really where I should devote my time. How do I do this? I'm really only, you know, used to the way it's done on these other platforms. So I'm excited to, to dive into this. I'm going to kind of break this down in different pieces. So on, um, for, for one thing, everybody hears so much about, you know, make sure your profile and your bio are, uh, positioning you the right way. And this is for thought leaders. So what is really most important? Do you think when it comes to profiles and bios, that very first piece that people are going to see when they see you on LinkedIn? Totally. So a couple things, number one, if you have a blue banner, you're showing up as an employee and that's Mm. a blue, a blue banner is drab. What I want you to think about is your LinkedIn profile is your virtual storefront. And if you don't believe me, Google your name. LinkedIn Mm. has such powerful SEO that most people, when they Google their name, one of the first top finds is their LinkedIn profile. Wow. Okay. So if you're operating a business, you're launching a business, a course, a program, you're going to be discoverable on LinkedIn. And this day and age, most people are digital CEOs in this space, right? Mm -hmm. So where is your home base publicly that people go look at you and sniff you out? Not your web, web page that you own that's kind of biased with your angle. I know your LinkedIn profile you create, but it's owned by LinkedIn, right? It's right. like the number one B2B. Like if you're in business, you should have a, a, a page, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because I want you to envision this virtual store if it was real. If this potential client walked into your digital store, showed up at your front door, how would you want them to feel? Mm. What emotions would you want them to elicit? How are you going to differentiate yourself? If you're an authority in your space and someone comes to your page and your banner is a blue banner with nothing customizable based off of color, font, text, texture Mm -hmm. of your branding, your business, You're not actually showing up as a business owner, a solutions-based thought leader. You're showing up as an employee looking for another job. And so the number one mistake people make on LinkedIn is that now they've stepped into their power as a business owner, but they're still showing up as an employee on LinkedIn. And so we'll unpack that a little bit more is how you differentiate yourself. There's two different types of people on LinkedIn. There's employees looking for jobs and they're looking to network. Mm -hmm. And then there's business owners who have a value proposition where they're positioning themselves as the service or the transformation someone can receive from you. Mm -hmm. Employees are selling themselves by their credentials, their accolades, their career history, and it's read in chronological order. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Which is very different than Mm -hmm. if you're there to find clients. Okay. So just follow me on this journey. An employee's headline would probably read something like, if I was an employee, knowing my background now, it would say Melissa Henault, PharmD, slash master's in clinical research, slash VP of medical affairs at GlaxoSmithKline, 
right? Those are okay. all titles that an employee would have. The number one mistake that entrepreneurs make who are in business or solutions-based business is they do the same thing. They show up as employees, even as entrepreneurs. So what do I mean by that? Melissa Hinault, key keynote speaker, bestseller, podcaster. So I'm still post, I'm still writing things that are showboating me instead of thinking about who I serve and how I can transform their life or what solution I have for them. Okay. Okay. So the number one mistake I see is people leading with that, what they've achieved as an entrepreneur, instead of who they serve or the, or the solution they provide. So for instance, you'll see my headline says LinkedIn expert, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't say that's how I found you. Okay. Bing, bing. Right. But if I had led with my professional degrees, the Mm -hmm. the being that I'm, I've got a podcast and I've, you know, I'm publishing a book, like that doesn't differentiate you and it's not selling your services. Right. And so it's the number one mistake I see. Like I had a pharmacist who, um, her whole, her whole business is coaching other pharmacists on how to, um, uh, pivot in their careers and do other things. Like that's her whole business. Right. And I'm like, when I'm looking at her profile and I'm coaching her, I'm like, but you're leading with author and keynote speaker and podcaster and nowhere in your headline. Are you talking about how you serve other pharmacists? She was frustrated because she wasn't getting any leads for clients. And I said, what if we changed your headline to career pivot coach for Mm. pharmacists? Yeah. She's like, okay. So we changed her headline and literally overnight, it changed the leads that she was getting. And that was exactly who she wanted, which were pharmacists who were trying to pivot in their career. This is important because, yeah. And it's important because you only have two to three seconds to catch anyone's attention on maybe. Yeah just like Instagram and Facebook. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in those two to three seconds, if you're calling yourself something, everyone else is calling themselves like an author, a keynote speaker, expert coach, blah, 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 blah. Like you're in and out the feed. Mm -hmm. But if you can speak to exactly who you serve and the transformation they can expect, you're going to attract them towards you. Okay. So you've got two to three seconds. Someone lands on your profile instead of the blue drab banner, it's got some color rec. Maybe it's got some recognizable branding colors from your business. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've seen a little bit of your content in the feed. They're not sure though. They click on your profile. Now they're, they're, they're tying it together because they've seen the branding and the coloring, right. That's right. on your profile. That's where branding is so important. Like if you want to step into being that six, seven, eight figure business owner on LinkedIn, you have to show up virtually that way too. Right. Um, so those are some of the main mistakes I see. And then the same with the summary, right. And people come to your profile. The number one mistake I see with entrepreneurs is they read just like they did in corporate America, Mm -hmm. telling their career history of where they worked, when they worked there, what their skill sets were, your ideal client, your buyer persona does not care about that. Not in the beginning. There, you're not looking for a job. You're looking to land a client. And so you need to lead with what is the transformation they can expect? What is the value proposition? Um, or what is their pain point? Can you speak to their pain point in the first two to three sentences of your summary so that they're like, that is me. She's speaking to me. I want to read on, right? And yeah. then you can talk about your accolades towards the end, but you want to start with how you create the transformation, who you serve, right? Maybe a little bit in the middle of how you serve. If there's like, 
a method or a, or like a signature way that you do things, a call to action. Um, and down at the bottom, if you're, if you're a best-selling author, if you've got a podcast, if you're, you've got, you're published in, in, you know, um, magazines, whatever, definitely feature that, mm-hmm. but don't start with it. Start with who you serve. Start such with a, a great formula. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense because that's, you know, just thinking through the way that I do it, that is exactly, it's exactly it. And we're so used to just the, you know, resume and, and LinkedIn really kind of set itself up initially for being resume based. And so it's easy to just continue in that mindset. I love that. That's great. Yeah. And, um, you know, just kind of even separating. So if you are showing up as a business, having a company page, having a personal page, um, what are, what, what should be the differences between those in terms of what types of content and, you know, are there pieces that are duplicated? Should they be very different? What are your That's, tips? On oh that? my gosh, this is such a great topic. So do as I say, and not as I do. So learn from like, and my clients, my mastermind and my program, like know that I will share like the good, the bad and everything in between. So you can learn from me. Um, I, as kind of the LinkedIn expert in launching my business a couple of years ago, I have a really strong personal, personal brand on LinkedIn with a lot of really great connections. And so, um, what I do, as I say, not as I do, if you're just now launching your business and you're listening to this podcast, I would suggest really building them out parallel at the same time, um, because, um, it's a lot easier to do it that way than they go back and do it later. Um, because, um, you know, I built my brand and I built my business around LinkedIn prior to building out a business page. And now it's like, I've got so much momentum with my personal page that, um, I just really don't feel like going back and building out the the business, (laughs) driving everybody over there, but it's important. And here's why, um, those of you who go live on LinkedIn and you absolutely should be doing that. Okay. the, you can 24 X your organic views Hmm. by going live on LinkedIn. Um, but here's the cool thing about going live on LinkedIn. If you want to create events that people register for, which who wants to build an email list, right? Exactly. Um, people, when they register for your live events on LinkedIn have to give you their email address. Okay. Okay. So now you know, who's going to be attending your live event and you've got their email address. Okay. You can only schedule a live event for registration through a business page. Oh, okay. 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 So this wasn't a capability when I launched my LinkedIn page or when I was building out my LinkedIn expertise, this has literally been mandated or pushed down over the past couple of months that in order to be, um, you have to be in creator mode on your business hmm. page in order to have registrations for live events. So that's why I say, do as I say, and not as I do. So right now I'm coaching my clients to build a business page, to get the registrations for live events. I'm not doing that myself, um, partially because I have a million other ways to connect, to build email lists. And I have a large email list already, but mm-hmm. I think it's a great place for people to get started who are working on building an email list. Um, and if you're just getting started, just do them parallel, right? Um, having said that, nothing replaces a personal brand. If you're already, if you're listening to this and you're like knee deep in your LinkedIn profile, knee deep in your activity on LinkedIn, and you're like, gosh, I can't even think about like building out a business page too, then don't. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've, I've gone three years without it and we've made millions of dollars. Like you don't have to, um, it, but it is a nice 
to do if you're getting started now to build them out parallel. But to me, personal brands are unprecedented. Um, they are above and beyond any particular business. Um, mm -hmm. I've sold and pivoted multiple businesses under my personal brand on LinkedIn. And, and it keeps you from having to, then you've got the same audience, right? You don't have to build out new okay. audiences for each business, right? So I know I'm talking a little bit out of both sides of my mouth, but it's to give your listeners freedom to like decide which route they really want to go with that. So if they are creating a company page, then how should the content differ on that than on their personal page? Yeah. So I think that the business page is definitely going to be more focused on specifically the authority and the value in the business events that are happening, things very specific to the business. Um, I would still use that content in your personal post as well, since it's your business, mm -hmm. but then you're going to fold in many other attributes and dimensions of you in your personal page. So what's the number one reason people go to LinkedIn for personal and professional development. And so one of the things that, um, I'll just share with you, like the most viral and most engaging posts are actually personal on LinkedIn. People have a hard time, like real, like believing that, but it's right. true because LinkedIn is so dry. It can mm -hmm. be, um, <laughs> that if you can bring in a little bit of humor and some personal touch, people love that. And so, um, we really coach to, if you're working on something personally and professionally, mm -hmm that you can share with your network, regardless of your authority. Um, it just creates what we call in our academy, um, your unique snowflake. No two snowflakes are the same. There's, you know, thousands of business coaches, but only, you know, certain business coaches are also working on other things. So I'll give you an example. This past year, I decided to read a lot on taxes and tax-free wealth because my my profit, my income grew dramatically over two or three years. And I'm like, I need to learn how to manage this, what to do with it. Like be smart about it. That didn't have anything to do with me being a LinkedIn expert. Um, it didn't have anything to do with what I coach inside my mastermind, but I was having light bulb after light bulb after light bulb moment reading the book. And okay. so with my light bulb moments, I was bringing my light bulb moments to LinkedIn saying LinkedIn, I don't know if you're aware. I just, this is what I found out this week in this amazing book, right? People are on that platform to learn. So mm -hmm. your expertise might be on coaching people in burnout, but you might be reading some really, and it, you may be reading something really, really cool around something super woo and mindset. That's maybe not necessarily what you coach as a coach in burnout, but you're benefiting from it tremendously. Mm -hmm. And you, can you be authentic and share with your network, what you're experiencing? Because people, no matter what platform you're on, this is true and true. People buy and invest in you. They Absolutely. invest in who you are. They trust you. They know you and they respect you. And that comes from yes, that you need the authority to gain the interest of the potential client, but it takes more than that. And so when you can create some dimensionality around your business that shows that you're human and that you have some other points of connection, mm -hmm. that's just one more kind of notch towards credibility, um, pulling your audience towards you because you're, you're human, right? And don't be afraid to occasionally share your flops, your flaws, right? 
which people are really afraid to do on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I think that's great. So it sounds like company, you know, that's where you're sharing about your pillar content, you know, the main pieces of your business, what's going on content pieces, podcasts that you have coming out there, testimonials, service related things, new things you're doing live events, which it sounds like absolutely. If you're not, you should add that there to grow your list. And then it sounds like, so share some of those, but really let your, let your personal be personal where it can still be the, the, I guess, um, the professional side of being personal as well as just personal. I'm a huge fan of brand stories and bringing together the personal with what you do, because there's reasons why we do what we do and everybody evolves. And so people can watch that evolution happen by the thoughts that you're having as Mm -hmm. the process goes. So I love that you're sharing about, here's what I'm reading that's striking me. And I want to dive further into that. So I think that's good. Just kind of helping people see how they might distinguish the types of content, but, um, yeah, it's, it's cool to know that what might seem ordinary on a business Instagram with an insight is actually going to get you a lot more traction on LinkedIn because fewer people are being personal in that way. Totally. And let me tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Only 4% of users post content at all. Wow. Okay. So I just said this in a workshop earlier, and that is without a doubt, wherever you're consistent on social media, you can get traction, right? Wherever you're consistent Mm -hmm. on social media, you can get traction. The difference is the definition of consistency. Okay. Okay. So consistency on LinkedIn is posting three to four times a week that can just be value add content that is considered consistent. And you're only competing with 4% of users to be seen consistent on Instagram is 18 to 23 stories a day and three reels a day. And so it's your choice. And then you're competing with a much larger market of people just Mm -hmm. like you doing the exact same thing being seen, because I don't know what the numbers are, but it is way higher than 4% of people that you're competing with in the market that are doing the exact same thing you are today. Right. Yeah, no, that's, um, I love that. I love that great place to be able to show up to, you know, depending on your business, it may be more the people you're looking for anyway, and you're going to have a better chance of standing out. So just from a strategy and time standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. Now, when speaking of time, um, when it comes to repurposing content, so maybe you have great content for either aha moments that you're having personally or in your business, as well as just these are the things that are going on in my business that I want to share. So when it comes to repurposing that content, are there things, are there best practices? Like if you have uh, TikToks and reels, I know I was talking to a TikTok expert who said, you need to, when you go on reels, you need to get rid of that watermark because Instagram is going to bump it down in the algorithm. So when you go on LinkedIn, if you are repurposing content, what are we getting dinged for? Are there ways we need to think through how to repurpose that content? Yeah. So the great question. So first of all, just like all the other platforms, LinkedIn doesn't like for you to entice the user to go off platform. So what you don't want to do is in the body of your post, use a link to a YouTube link or a link to Instagram, um, because it'll get pushed down in the feed. But what you can do is make that link in the comment section. So maybe you speak about the YouTube or you speak about the, the, the news article, but then you put in the notes in the, in the 
body of the post, see the link in the comment section, right? So that's okay. rule number one. And then as far as repurposing, absolutely. So um, as far as live goes, so mm -hmm. we do, um, we really coach our clients and our agency, any of them who have a podcast, we have them stream live. So like mm -hmm. if you are my client, I would say right now you could be doing this interview live on LinkedIn. And not only could you be doing it live on LinkedIn, you could schedule the event, you could promote it and mm. people could register and you could see who's going to be showing up. You could make it a weekly thing that your the topic of your podcast, the time that you stream live and people would start getting used to when you're streaming live and coming to that. Um, one of our clients, one of our done for you clients has a private Facebook community where she streams in there once a week. Um, she's a PR strategist. And so she does a lot of really great value add content in this free Facebook community. And so I'm like, let's not recreate the wheel. Let's just tether your live over to LinkedIn. There's some really great technology out there where you can do this and you can stream into multiple platforms. Mm -hmm. So now she's already going live. She's already nurturing a community. Now she's double nurturing over on LinkedIn and building authority, credibility, and value with something she was already talking about. Another example is I do a lot of IG IGTV uh, live interviews. Okay. Um, I have a live event coming up at the end of September. You should come. Ooh. Let's talk about it after after the interview. <laughs> um, but all of my speakers, I'm actually interviewing them on IGTV live, and then we're downloading the audio. We're downloading the videos. Um, and then we'll upload them onto LinkedIn live link. When you have the right streaming software, you stream later, you can stream at any point with a recording and it looks like you're going live. Um, okay. and so we'll be able to then promote the same interviews over there at a different time. You can even schedule it so that it's like every week I can be featuring, um, keynote speakers at my live event on like Mondays. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's another way that you can repurpose for your authors, publishers, um, you can for long form, because LinkedIn does have a cap on the number of texts in the body of a post, you can start breaking apart your books into small, like chapters. You can take pieces and make them articles. Like you could do an article a week or an article a month for a year based off content that you've written from blog posts, from right. re previous trainings, like, um, their software, like Otter that you could download your trainings. And then just clean it up the, the scripts of the training and turn them into articles, right? So there's a lot of things that you can do from a repurposing standpoint. The other thing for a lot of your business folks is go look at what you've posted on Instagram and Facebook. What are the most engaging posts? Um, and pull them and repurpose them over them on LinkedIn. Um, I also tell people, because one of the things we really coach inside of our academy is it's the content is only half the battle. You have to arrive the right audience too. You have to be strategically growing the right network for mm -hmm. the content to fall on the right eyes to then convert it to a sale, right? So what we coach to in the first three months as we're coaching our clients to grow the right network is after about three months, we have them go back to their old content mm -hmm. and repost the good stuff because ideally you have twice to three times the network that you did when you first started and they never saw the content in the first place. Right. Great. Great. Right. Tip. Mm -hmm. there, those are a couple of ideas when it comes to, yeah. reposting. um, there's, a, there's tons of them, but, um, those are a couple. And they also, you can, um, do newsletters now with LinkedIn, right? So a lot of your people, if they have already an email nurture, 
So mm -hmm. one of our clients right now, we're beta testing this. She has a copywriter who does her email nurture each week. We're taking the email nurture and we're putting it into the newsletter. So mm -hmm. again, you're just rinse, repeat. You're just, it's just omni-channel repurposing, right? Being smart about it. Um, and so when you create your newsletter, every single person on your contact list has the opportunity to subscribe to your newsletter. And what people don't realize that happens is the newsletter actually goes to their email inbox. And right. so now yes. you're hitting them off the platform in mm -hmm. their inbox, right? So I don't yeah, know if that's Oh my gosh, that's just a ton of great ideas. And I feel like most people don't even realize LinkedIn has all these capabilities for things they are already doing that can, who knows how many times multiply the, the traction without feeling like, oh my gosh, this is just one more platform. I'm going to have to come up with new content. I love, you know, the, for authors, their books, for blog posts, turning those into the articles, going live where you're already going live. Um, so no, that's, that's really great. And then the other piece. So speaking of, you know, that's, we, we've talked a lot about content side. So then there's the outreach and there's, you know, like you said, who you should connect with and then ways you should do that. I'd love to, you know, just spend a little bit of time, maybe getting into DMS groups and even just the, um, searching for the right connections. And so, oh my gosh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> So glad you asked. We're actually working on like right now, what I do have is a downloadable checklist. We'll have to make sure you get the link for this. Yeah. Um, that's like basically coffee with LinkedIn for 30 minutes a day. It's like an income producing activity checklist where if you do the activities, it'll help grow your brand grow your network on LinkedIn. But I've had a lot of requests for scripts. And so inside of our Academy, we have a ton of scripts that work like the funnel. And I'm like, we need like a downloadable for that. Like, you know, like an yeah. option where just get like the scripts that work. Um, I think that there's two thoughts to, I'll, I'll give you a couple of nuggets here. There's two thoughts to requesting to connect with people. Um, I, I like when requesting to connect with people, I like asking an open-ended question, um, mm -hmm. because it instantly gets the conversation going. Um, so but you have to remember, like, it depends on how savvy the user is of LinkedIn. Um, some people who aren't super savvy on LinkedIn, I'm looking at my phone right now for the listeners, but they'll just, um, they'll just like click the accept to connect and maybe not see that there was a personal message. Um, right. But on the computer, it's much more obvious. And actually LinkedIn's the only social media platform where the number one device is the computer, not the phone. Oh, interesting. So people are more, you get their undivided attention because they're not multitasking on their phone. Hmm. Um, where I was going with this is I personally, I have a VA that manages my account with my own agency. She manages it, but I still, every week I scour my own request to connect and anyone who's taken the time to actually personalize the message, mm -hmm. I open it. Cause I'm like, I, I'm like that person went the extra mile. I want to see what they had to say. And they're 10 times more likely to get me um, into a conversation because they led the connection with a request to connect. Um, that makes so, sense. Yeah. Now, and there's two thoughts to that because it works really well for me. One of my clients who's a superstar on the platform does the opposite. She says that she likes to wait till they accept the request to connect. Hmm. And then she asks the open-ended question so that it shows up in the DM section. Right. Okay. And it can't be missed. So okay. part of it's going to depend on, for me, it's a matter of time and efficiency. 
Um, so like for me, we send out requests with an open-ended question because personally I nor my VA, am I going to, I just don't want to waste the time with the back and forth. Mm-hmm. I just want the request to connect with an open-ended question in that initial reach out. Um, but know that you can send the initial reach out. I still think it should be very personable, um, and wait for the ants for the, 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 the check for like, yes, connect. And then you can, you can go send them a message. But if you're growing, if you're trying to grow your network pretty strategically and fast, it's going to be hard to keep up with mm-hmm. who's accepted. And now I need to go back and send them a message. Right. right? So for efficiency sake, sending out the open in a message, um, and depending on your business is going to depend on what your message says. Right. Um, you know, for us in our like business coaching and LinkedIn, we may say here's golden for me works on Instagram works on LinkedIn is people who've requested to connect with me. I'll say, thank you for the request to connect. I'm curious. What was it that piqued your curiosity? What was it about my profile that piqued your curiosity to connect with me? That might've been a message you got if you requested to connect with me because I was a LinkedIn expert. Um, and what happens when you ask someone a a pointed question, who's requested to connect with you is you get to jump right into their interest with you and their pain points. Yeah. Yes. So I can't tell you how helpful it's been, especially when we're in the middle of like a launch, like we have a, a masterclass happening in two weeks where we're going to be doing a full on training on LinkedIn. And I'm getting a lot of requests to connect on LinkedIn and on Instagram right now. And so my VA is using that script. Thanks for the request to connect. I'm always curious. What was it about my profile that piqued your curiosity to connect with me? Well, if you're in the middle of promoting something and the person's response is, oh, I see that you're an expert in name, whatever you're an expert in. Now you get to say, awesome. What perfect timing. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I have this free webinar that's happening here. I've got this course, or I've got this downloadable checklist. I've got this. Would you, if I would you? So that's the other thing I really coach to inside the Academy is we don't just drop things into people's DMS and be like, here, take this or join my free, whatever. We always ask, Hey, I, that's awesome that you connected with me because I'm a LinkedIn expert. I'm curious, you know, I'm curious. I've got this workshop coming up in two weeks. I'm curious if I sent you the link, would you find it of value? And they're uh-huh. much more likely, like you want them to say yes. And then mm-hmm. you send them the link and then they register. Right. And now they're a warm lead into like your thing instead of a cold lead. And that could be anything. It doesn't have to be a webinar. It could be a lot of people in business have a lead magnet. Do you have a lead magnet, like some kind of free yes, opt-in yes. of some sort, right? So it could be that simple. If they've connected with you because you're an expert in X, Y, Z, it could be like, great. I don't know if you're aware. I've got this free thing. Um, if I sent you the link, would it be of interest to you? Mm-hmm. And then they say, just yes. a different way to phrase it can make a huge difference. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it's like just asking the questions like, um, you know, oh, that's awesome that you connected with me because I'm a LinkedIn strategist. Are you currently using LinkedIn? How is it working for you? Right? Like what has been your experience with it? It's just being human. Um, And then when you get to scaling large businesses, I'm sure some people are listening to this and they're like, I can't keep up with that. Then you hire people to do it for you. Right? Like we have, like, I, I, I say that I'm doing this, but I have an army behind me that's doing it. Right. Like I've given them the directive and the scripts and what to say, and Mm -hmm. they're pre-qualifying these leads for me and my agency. 
Yeah. So you're talking a lot about people who are coming to you when you're the one who is going out to them, um, mm -hmm. finding them, you know, you're looking for your keywords of your buyer personas and you're opening these conversations that they're not necessarily requesting. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a tip on that? Sure. Okay. So I have a live event in Charlotte later this year and my LinkedIn um, strategist, her directive right now is to grow my network of entrepreneurs in Charlotte. Okay. Um, even though I have an audience across the country, like why not market locally? Right. Sure. So I've given her a script. I don't know exactly what it is. So I'll just share with you off the cuff. It's like, Hey, um, put their name in there. I see that we're both in the entrepreneurial space or digital CEOs or like something fun. That's like relevant to the both of us. And I see that we're both in Charlotte. Um, would love to add you to my network, right? Mm -hmm. It can be that simple. And then if you wanted to ask an open-ended question, one of my favorites of all time right now is just, I'm curious, how is business going in light of our new, new normal? Right. Right. Something that's current. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that opens Pandora's box for some people. It's great. Like don't ever let a good crisis go to waste. Right. <laughs> and then for some people it's disastrous. Right. And so you can take that conversation where you want to take it. Right. But right now I'm growing my network in Charlotte, North Carolina specifically, um, so that I can get into conversations with people and just ask, like, have you been to a, a live event recently? Do you find value in live events? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you're aware, but I've got this upcoming live event. If I sent you the link, would you take a look at it? Right. Yeah, no, that's a great way to get more, more buy-in. No, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a great tip. Um, do you, I don't know if you spend a lot of time in groups or if you find value in groups, I've been, um, <laughs> been a part of some kind of spammy groups and yeah. I guess kind of struggled in that. How, I guess, important or effective do you feel like LinkedIn is with when it comes to groups? I'm not a big fan. Okay. Yeah. They just don't, they're not the same as Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing Facebook is still good for, for some people <laughs> it's groups, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So don't worry about investing a ton of time in that. Keep the personal connections and, and value add. Now I appreciate that because I think, um, you can, you can waste a lot of time on a lot of things. So that's helpful to just say, don't even worry about that right now. Yes. Um, well, Melissa, you've been such a, a wealth of knowledge. I really appreciate how generous you are with your information. I guess just a last question would be um, any tips you have, you've, you've given us so many ideas of what we can do, any tips, because I know a little bit about your background to pursue this in a way that, that feeds your soul so that you don't just feel like, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much time and this is draining, like any tips you have on so that it's a positive experience. Totally. Oh my gosh. I wish I just had like a client testimonial reel right now, because it's funny that you're asking this because, um, when we interviewed all of our recent clients, like the resounding thing that came out of their mouth was that it's being on LinkedIn. Once you get into your stride, um, it's so fun and authentic, and you're just connecting with other humans um, and the way that I coach in my academy and why I call it attraction marketing is because we're being our authentic selves and we treat the platform as if you are networking at a live event and you are human to human and you're connecting with people yes. and you're taking your mask off. Like you're being your authentic self. 
there's a lot of people on LinkedIn who are wearing a mask because they're mm-hmm. employees and they feel like they can't step out of line. And I encourage you if you're an entrepreneur and you're no longer employed, like, um, be yourself, be your authentic self and people, people, it's refreshing to people that you are showing up as your authentic self unfiltered. I occasionally put a cuss word in my post and I don't apologize (laughs) about it because that's my personality. Um, I don't get into a lot of political stuff, but I'll, I'll say humorous things like my, I made this post last year when I turned 41, that was like a reflection of my first year of 40 and how it wasn't as bad as every, like I, as I dreaded it. And I went through all the bullet points and a lot of it was around business. Some of it was around life, all the things. One of them even said like how, you know, as a younger parent, how exhausting it was with little kids. And at 42, 41, I realized I'm in a space where everyone can wipe their own butts and <laughs> it was like, exactly. Right. Like the, the reality is that post went viral, like mm. it went viral, not the post that had valuable tips on LinkedIn that could right. make you millions of dollars. The post that made people laugh because they're serious and they're on the platform and there's mm-hmm. a lot of serious posts and they're like, ah, and that brings me back to the reels and the TikToks. Like, don't be afraid to bring your reels over. Um, okay. One of the things we're going to start doing now with some polish, mm-hmm. right? But some humor. One of the things we're looking at doing is taking my educational reels mm-hmm. from Instagram and bringing them over to LinkedIn. And even some of the humorous ones that make fun of Instagram and why LinkedIn is better <laughs> um, because people want humor in their life. So I'm giving yes. you a long-winded answer but it takes me back to like the 14 different clients we just featured a couple of weeks ago. And every single one of them said, the fun thing about LinkedIn is that I get to be myself. I'm authentic. Mm-hmm. And I'm just connecting with other humans on a human to human level without all the competition and noise of the other platforms. So if there's anything that you gather out of this, it's just to be yourself, mm-hmm. know who you serve and speak to them and have fun with it. I, that's such great advice because I feel like that's, that's often the complete opposite of the way people think they're supposed to show up on LinkedIn. And that's why it feels like a chore because they feel like they're getting into this, their uncomfortable suit that they have to wear to show up in a certain way. And if you just say, if you just give yourself the freedom, it sounds like that I'm not going to be that way. You will enjoy it more. Totally. Let me give you one like recent example. And then I know we need to wrap up, but, um, people think about LinkedIn as like B2B, B2B it's business, business. The reality is the C the customer they're there. Like we all have LinkedIn accounts. Many of us came from corporate. Some of us have left corporate, but it's like a home base for us. Mm-hmm. There's so much traffic on the platform. One of our recent clients is a fashion stylist for plus sizes. Okay. And, um, she was so tired of trying to compete with all the fashion stylists on Instagram. And mm. she got my message. The message is the average income on LinkedIn is over a hundred thousand dollars a year. The average age on LinkedIn is over 35. The average person over there is a working professional. And she was like, damn it. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you can say bad words on your conversation. <laughs> okay. She's like, I, she put a stake in the ground and said, I'm going over to LinkedIn and I'm not changing a thing about who I am. Hmm. And I am going to show up over there just like I show up on Instagram. And she has this beautiful, colorful banner. She streams live and talks about fashion and outfits and she's crushing it. Hmm 
crushing it. You know why? Because she's an inspiration to every plus sized woman on that platform who's struggling with her body image. And Atara is her name. She's got massive visibility because no one else is over there. The customer is there. The mm-hmm. customer is scrolling through and there's no competition and she's crushing wow. it and she's just being herself. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest key. Oh my gosh. I love it. Melissa, this was, this was incredible. Thank you so much. Sure. I really, really appreciate all that you have offered us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks everyone. And I'll see you next week. To succeed in business, you need brand awareness, authority, and trust. To get those, you need visibility. Podcasts offer each of these. It's a unicorn platform because it gives you the scarcest resource in digital marketing, attention. Did you know that 80% of podcast audiences listen to the entire episode and more than 50% consider buying from a brand or individual that they discover on a podcast? Building your own show and audience takes years. Grow faster by guest speaking on other podcasts to get more leads, build your SEO and strengthen your brand. To learn how my agency can help, email me at hello at christybilbury.com.